Welcome everyone to Tough Love with Dr. Laura Copley, a podcast where we explore all things related to complex trauma, healing, and transformative growth. I'm your host, Dr. Laura Copley, licensed professional counselor, relationship trauma expert, international speaker, and author of the relationship self-help book, Loving You is Hurting Me. Your time to deepen your life and explore your relationships begins right now. Hey everyone, welcome back. Tis the season for happiness and togetherness, celebration, family, gratitude, love and light. The messages that flood us about how we should feel during the holiday season, it's hard to ignore. Many of us feel anything but merry and bright. That's why I decided to do an episode on toxic positivity today. It is something that we face from others at any point in time, but it is absolutely more prevalent during the holiday season. So let's get started. Let's start by defining what toxic positivity really is. So imagine positivity, but on overdrive, where it becomes a mandatory response to every situation, this disgustingly syrupy sweet sugar coating on everything, regardless of how grave or challenging, or how you actually really feel about it. This is not just about being optimistic. It's an overgeneralization that can be invalidating to genuine human emotions. And it ultimately leaves us feeling misunderstood. And when we feel so misunderstood by the people that are supposed to understand us the most, how lonely can that be? Now, contrast this with emotional authenticity, which is a genuine balanced validation response, a hopeful outlook that doesn't, that doesn't shy away from also acknowledging pain and difficulty. Emotional authenticity respects the full range of our emotions, knowing that they all have a place and purpose in our lives. Now, there is a cultural and social backdrop that helps in our understanding of why toxic positivity is so prevalent. Toxic positivity in its essence is a subtle yet profound act of invalidation. So it's, in other words, a response pattern where comfort in the face of discomfort takes precedence over genuine empathy. And you know what? Sometimes it's more about the person that's responding than it is about you when they're going to that toxic positivity place because they are actually uncomfortable with the feeling that they're getting in the presence of a heavy feeling. They don't know how to respond to it. So when someone is consistently responding with this positive spin to another's expression of pain or distress, they are inadvertently communicating a lack of acceptance for the full range of human emotions. Now, this kind of interaction, it doesn't just invalidate another person's experience, but it it also reflects their inability to hold space for difficult emotions. 
And we want the people that we love most, that we're, we're most attached to, that we're most connected to, that we want that intimacy with. We want them to hold the plethora of emotions that we have because that's what relationships are. Holding space means being present and providing a safe, non-judgmental environment where someone can express their feelings and thoughts freely. I want that. You want that. And you know, even the people that go to that toxic positivity place, they want that too. They want somebody that's able to hold space for a full range of human emotions. When the space is infiltrated, though, by this constant urge to find a silver lining, it effectively dismisses the legitimacy of pain or the struggle that's being shared. The underlying message is clear. Negative emotions are unwelcome, and thus the true essence of one's experience is glossed over. And I I imagine that some of you going into the holiday season, some of you listeners, you're you know what's coming. The discomfort with negative emotions, often seen in those who perpetuate toxic positivity, isn't merely a preference for cheerfulness. It's indicative of a deeper unease. People who struggle to hold space for others' painful emotions usually do so because these emotions trigger their own unresolved issues or discomfort. So when you're seeing this at the family dinner table and you see them glossing over your pain and providing all these sugar coatings and silver linings, it's because something is being triggered in them. It explains it. It doesn't excuse it. In their attempts to quickly move to the brighter side of things, they are, in fact, trying to alleviate their own discomfort rather than addressing the needs of the person that's sharing their struggles. This does not only minimize the other person's experience, but also avoids a genuine, empathetic connection that we all want as part of our family system. By continually pointing out the silver linings, they are sidestepping the vital process of acknowledging and working through hard experiences, negative emotions, and that's essential for emotional healing. So what results? What what happens? What I see happen is this very superficial interaction that fails to reach the depths of true emotional support and understanding. And my clients are going back into these systems with dread and already this feeling of defeat. So think about your personal circles. How often do you find that people in your life are trying to fix your problems with this positive spin instead of just listening and empathizing? You might get what everything happens for a reason. You know, it, it might sound comforting on the surface, but it, it can also feel dismissive to someone who just needs to be heard and understood, especially when you have experienced loss or trauma. That's going to feel like a stab to the heart. That trauma or that loss happened for a reason. Mm. There is a hidden cost of toxic positivity and a psychological toll that we experience when we're constantly urged to just stay positive. 
Let's begin by understanding what happens when our true feelings are brushed aside in the name of positivity. When someone tells us to just look on the bright side in response to our pain or struggles, it can feel like our emotions are being dismissed or denied. This isn't just about not feeling heard. It's about feeling that our emotions are wrong or unacceptable. And so picture what happens to you over years and years, maybe having a childhood and adolescence, or maybe even into your adult relationships, that this is a reoccurring pattern. How are you supposed to feel about the emotions that you have? Of course, you learn how to hide them or dismiss them or feel like you can't be honest and open and genuine with the expression of them around people that you care about. You might feel like those emotions are too much or too burdening to others. They're making others feel uncomfortable and it's your responsibility to take care of other people's emotions. It's your responsibility to make the whole experience a joyful one. But here's the thing, your emotions are these signposts. They're guiding you through your life experiences. When you're told to suppress or ignore these signposts, when you're told to just look on the bright side, you're essentially being told to navigate your journey without a roadmap. Now, let's consider the psychological effects of this constant push towards positivity. When we're always told to stay positive, even when it's well-meaning from people who genuinely have a good heart, It can still lead to an internal conflict where our genuine emotions battle against the imposed need to appear happy. This conflict can result in emotional suppression. And what happens then? What happens when we suppress how we are genuinely feeling? They don't just disappear. They fester. It leads to an increase in our stress that's present in our body and It makes us struggle with genuinely attaching to others. I imagine that it must hamper our emotional processing too. And processing emotions is like digesting food. It's necessary for our our emotional health. When we're not allowed to digest our emotions, to process our emotions, to feel them, to understand them, to work through them, It's like emotional indigestion. This can lead to a buildup of unresolved feelings. It impacts our mental health, our relationships, our well-being. Toxic positivity can manifest in various impactful ways during family gatherings, especially over the holidays. A time often idealized as a period of joy and harmony. So what What's happening in these settings? The pressure to maintain a facade of happiness can be particularly intense, overshadowing the complexities of real emotions and experiences. During the holiday gatherings, family members might dismiss or gloss over serious issues under the guise of keeping the atmosphere light and festive. Comments like, let's not talk about sad things, it's the holidays, or cheer up, it's time for happiness, are common. And again, like these comments might be coming from people who are 
are well-meaning, they have good hearts, their intention is pure, but it's also speaking volumes about what is unresolved and unsafe within them. While the intention might be to preserve the celebratory spirit, remarks like this can invalidate the feelings of those who might be struggling with personal issues, grief, stress, loneliness. These implicit messages that there's no room for negative emotions in the festive season, it compels individuals to suppress their true feelings in order to conform to the expected jovial mood. Also, toxic positivity in these settings, they lead to a lack of authentic communication. Why are we coming together in the first place if it's not for authentic togetherness and feeling like you're a part of something, like you're really a part of something? When family members quickly divert conversations from any topic that seems remotely negative or uncomfortable, it prevents deeper, more meaningful interactions. For example, if someone brings up a personal challenge they face during the year, maybe they experience the loss, a loss of a friend, a pet, a job. It might be met with responses like, look on the bright side, at least you have your health, or the new year is coming, things will get better. These responses, though possibly well-intentioned, dismiss the person's need to have comfort and empathy and support by the people that are supposed to love them. The holiday setting can exacerbate this issue due to the cultural and societal emphasis on the season being a time of unbridled joy and gratitude. This can create an environment where family members feel compelled to mask their true emotions and adhere to an unspoken rule of unwavering positivity. Those who are unable to share their genuine feelings may feel more isolated and more misunderstood as a consequence. And this will only exacerbate feelings of loneliness or sadness in a time that is meant to foster connection and warmth. And so, I received this message last week from a listener and a young woman who follows me on Instagram. She wrote in regarding her experiences at family gatherings and the toxic positivity that she fake, that she faces that uh, that's making her feel misunderstood and dismissed by people who are supposed to care about her the most. And her message reads, Dr. Copley, I hope this message finds you well. I've been a regular listener of your podcast, and it's been a great source of comfort and understanding for me, especially regarding topics like toxic relationships and my own responsibility for my personal healing. I wanted to share my concerns with toxic positivity in my family, particularly during the holiday gatherings. I hope to gain more insight or at least feel less alone in this. Every year as the holiday season approaches, I find myself dreading the family get-togethers. It's not that I don't love my family. I do very much, but these gatherings seem to be superficial and fake. It makes me sad. If I can't be real with my family, who can I be real with? Whenever I've tried to share challenges that I'm facing, whether it's work stress, personal doubts, or just general sadness, I met 
with a barrage of look on the bright side or be grateful for what you have. This Thanksgiving, I mentioned feeling overwhelmed and my aunt immediately chimed in with, but it's the holidays, this is the time to be happy. It feels like any expression of negative emotion is almost taboo for my family and the quick dismissal of my feelings leaves me feeling like the oddball. I am the black sheep of the family. I feel incredibly alone. My family and their attempts to keep everything light and joyful fail to see the real me. They don't get it. How these forced positive interactions make the holidays a time of silent struggle for me. I long for a family gathering where all emotions are welcomed and validated, where we can support each other authentically without, to, without the need to gloss over the hardships. Thank you for giving me a place to vent. Sincerely, Sarah from New York. Thank you, Sarah from New York, for sharing your heartfelt experience. I can hear the part of you that recognizes that something is off about these gatherings. But then there's also another part that I'm hearing that then questions your own sanity. Like, am I really that different? Am I somehow the only one that's feeling this way? Because it looks like everybody else is just fine. I think embracing your authentic self, including all of your feelings, is a brave and necessary step towards emotional well-being. And in all honesty, Sarah, like, I think this is why Friendsgiving is becoming so popular. I think this is why people are starting to realize that friendships is the family that you choose. And we are supplementing some of the things that we didn't have in our family of origin with very intentional friendships that we are creating. And that that isn't to say that we should just bail out on all family gatherings. Um, but but it is it is saying that I, I think this is why culturally we are seeing more of these intentional communities being built where we can have that authentic connection that we might be missing um, with blood relatives. In essence, toxic positivity and family gatherings especially during the holidays, as you've pointed out, not only is invalidating your experiences, but it's also impeding the opportunity for genuine emotional connections and support within your family. And it almost feels like it's creating this superficial veneer of happiness and ignoring the diversity, the real experiences that you're having. Um, and it's probably taken away from the, that opportunity in other family members as well. I don't think you're alone in this. I think other family members will might have similar experiences to you, but you're the one that's really bringing it to light. You're becoming more aware of it. So what's the alternative? It's about balance. It's about allowing ourselves and others the space to feel all emotions, whether they're positive, whether they're negative. Maybe we can be the ones that start demonstrating that and modeling that in our family of origin. It's about validating and acknowledging these feelings, understanding that they are natural and they're necessary. They're a necessary part of being human. And there are steps too that we can take with dealing with our emotions. And so we need to recognize and accept them as they are 
Whether it's joy, sadness, anger, fear, each emotion serves a purpose. They are signals telling us about our experiences, our values, and ourselves. Validating your emotions means giving yourself permission to feel them without judgment. And we can also do this for other people as well. We can practice emotional authenticity. And emotional authenticity, that's about being true to your own emotional self. It's not just about expressing how you feel, but also understanding and accepting these feelings. This is a practice. It involves self-reflection and perhaps journaling your thoughts and emotions. What's coming up before the holidays, before you even enter in these family systems? What feelings are coming up? And write them down. It can help you process and understand your emotions more deeply. Another aspect of emotional authenticity is that mindfulness component. So becoming more aware of your emotional state without being overwhelmed by it. We can also be prepared to deal with toxic positivity when it emerges. For example, number one, learn to set boundaries. It's crucial to set boundaries, those non-negotiables, with people who may dismiss or invalidate your feelings. You can do this politely. It's not going to make you an asshole because you're setting some boundaries. You can be kind yet firm. That gentle assertiveness. Let them know that you appreciate their intention, but you need space to process your emotions in your own way. Number two, seek supportive environments. This is where I love my friends' givings. Surround yourself with people who also understand and respect your emotional journey. Supportive environments can be friends, family, support groups, or you know what? Even therapy. Number three, educate and communicate. Sometimes people aren't aware that they're actually promoting toxic positivity. So if you feel comfortable, use these moments as opportunities to educate them about the importance of acknowledging all emotions. Side note, this isn't your job. You do not have to do this. If you have taken on this role often in your family, you don't have to do it anymore. This is just something one can do to build their repertoire of different ways to deal with toxic positivity in the moment. It is not your job, but you can choose to do so if you want. And number four, self-care practices. Engage in self-care practices that resonate with you because what is right for you might not be right for me. This could be anything from a relaxing bath, a walk in nature, a phone conversation with a friend, engaging in a hobby that you love, watching a funny movie. Self-care is about doing things that nourish your emotional well-being. If you know someone who needs to hear this message, please share this episode of Tough Love with them. And if this episode resonates with you, I encourage you to follow my Instagram account at Doc Copley for more free guidance on relationship trauma and healing. And don't forget to check out my book, Loving You Is Hurting Me, available online through Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and most other bookstores. And finally, please write to me if you have a story or experience to share. Until next time, stay true, stay you.